Pocket, a podcast by Jake and Dylan. <clears throat> All right. So, shall we, Jake? Here we are on this. Here we are on this inaugural episode of this First of- glorious music chat. People are going to talk about this day as something of legend in 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 the time to come. Infamy. Uh, Infamy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we have our first ever what? We'll call this the first true true music episode in which we are going to review an album and we have a guest on. Harry, feel free to introduce yourself. What up guys? I'm the music guy. Hey. <laughs> what up everybody? Okay, the guy up, that everybody? just casually listens to music. It's me, Harry. I listen to music. Build uh what is it, pathos, ethos? What is it like where you, you show off your like credibility where you're like yeah. this is why to, I'm a fucking music. We need you to connect Olivia to the Olivia Rodrigo's top of my Spotify playlist or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm in the top point oh five percent. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell the people what kind of music you generally listen to? What your what 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 your jam is. Yeah. So, a little background, uh, know these boys uh, for a while now, and we have a little music chat, so they, they considered me the go-to guy for the music. The go-to <laughs> guy. I will say, some of you guys might, if you did end up listening or have listened to the Power Hour episode, episode number seven, another, another shameless plug for that, Harry was the orator and did a great job until he had to leave. Yeah, I was the guy with the shrill Minnesota accent that was screaming into the microphone. <laughs> my my favorite was the the every time something went horribly wrong or like the question we didn't have any good answers or whatever, and it would just end up in awkward laughter at the very end of each minute that went by. Harry would just let out a perfect, <laughs> perfect, time's up. Yeah, so I'll just jump into this music stuff. So this album is kind of. What I listen to, in a sense, I listen to really pretentious rap. No. Good. Uh, Good. No, I mean, I would say top albums for me, gotta be Frank Ocean, gotta be Mac Miller. I'm already just hitting so many notes. Thank you, audience, (laughs) I know. Um, But yeah, I mean... Wait, it's funny. Can I hit on on Mac Miller real quick? Because I jotted down a note. This is one thing with you being on. I wanted to highlight was a weekend or two ago when I was over at your house the nut hut uh you and darren started you guys were on ox getting pretty drunk i was sobering up about to go home and then the spins by mac miller came on and you guys just like went to town and it was awesome but it was one of those moments where i was like damn i really wish i was drunk right now and i could like have an awesome time singing this with them but i was like so so sober just sitting there like enjoying it but being like i'm not gonna act a fool god i wish harry would sing to me (laughs) (laughs) i like how you have to be drunk to listen to that song (laughs) no no what you'd say so well, I, the fact that you pointed that out, it's just funny. It was, I it just was, imagine it, you race into a beer as soon as you hear that. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> I feel like every time I've heard that song, it's been in the same setting, like about to go out pre-gaming with you guys. And then this just happened to be a time in which I wasn't pre-gaming. I was about to go home, but you guys were getting ready. And so then it was like really highlighting, like, wait, I've heard this song and like, I like this song. And then just like, oh, I do like this song, but I don't know the lyrics, but Harry knows every single one. 
And yeah, I figured, I figured you probably went through like a really big Mac Miller phase, like in middle school. Or... Oh yeah, dude. Cause that's, that's like young Mac Miller. Oh yeah. Like Midwest suburbs, never have seen a weed flower in my life, but when Mac Miller <laughs> raps about it, I'm listening to it. I would get high myself. Oh dude. I, and the one thing I went through the, the snapback phase too. I think everyone oh, did. Oh yeah. But like walking around like the young Mac Miller I was. Nike's on your feet. Nike's on my feet. Yeah, but back onto the music bit. <laughs> the music note. Music I listen to. I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. I'm going to be 100% honest. I love just trolling through Pitchfork and going to the top albums of the year and just seeing what they got. You know, and the Fantana. I'm a melon, melon head as well. Yeah. I feel like maybe this is a straw man argument and I think people think like this, but it might be a little inauthentic that I, I go to these sources, but the way I see it is like, I'm going to go to people that do this for a full-time job and curate yeah. it for me, and then I'm going to listen to it. That's honestly how I came across this album. It was, I think, Pitchfork's top five rap albums of 2018. Really? Of that year. Yeah, dude. It was like number number two for whatever that means. So Okay, because we'll, we'll get into it. And this was my first time listening to Care For Me by Saba, but uh, I did some some homework or at least i went to go see what fantano had to say and yeah. fantano wasn't a big fan of it so so we'll talk about it more later but that's just interesting to hear that like pitchfork was so high on it and then i mean granted i don't know that i've ever gone and like just compared pitchfork to to fantano like ratings to see like if they have some sort of similarities or major differences but mm-hmm. i would just imagine you know people that listen to music for a living like you said would come to some similar conclusions yeah. Despite it being all subjective. I think they're both really good ways to just find new music. So I don't think there's anything wrong with like going to Pitchfork yeah. and shit like that. I'm trying to think of what the other... I have a friend that always goes to like rate my album or something like that. And he just finds like the top albums on there. Similar to Pitchfork where it's got like a scoring system. Like nine out of... You know, four four 4.6 stars out of five or mm-hmm. something. But it seems like a yeah. decent way to find good music. Definitely. Um, and a little background on that too. I can kind of highlight how I came across this. So in 2018, I was a young strapping lad, a senior in college. I was in Buenos Aires, Argentina, Oof. and I had zero friends. <laughs> I was on a program As with one 20 does. kids. I, yeah, 20 kids I did not know. And so I kind of turned to music as a haven just for everything. I mean, you don't speak the language. I mean, I told people I spoke Spanish, but I was walking. Oh, he's lonely. <laughs> yeah, I just walk around the city, couldn't talk to anyone. So I used to bike. I used to bike around everywhere and I used to have headphones in and I would listen to Pitchfork's top whatever. I was like, oh, how can I listen to like the best music? So I would just go on Pitchfork, just, just scroll that site and came across this album. Also came across George Clanton's Slide album, which I showed Tommy. Yeah. Um, that's a talk for another day. Um, <laughs> Next yeah, I came across this album and just really fell in love with it. I feel like just really fit where I was at in my life. It's a very, we'll get into this later as well, but it's a very coming of age album, very adolescent, young, young, young adolescent themes. And as I was biking around the city, I just, I just loved how it, it was a complete project. It just sounded great. And it's like, it fit a mood. I like albums that fit moods. And so going back, music that I like, I like albums that convey just a singular mood throughout the whole album. Like Blonde mm-hmm. does that, Mac Miller like swimming does that great and i mean now that i think about it all 
three of those albums have the same mood and it's just <laughs> depressing. Sad lonely, boy. <laughs> sad lonely Boy. Maybe I'm just a sad lonely boy. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I came like, across the album. And that's kind of why I love music itself. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. It just, just makes me feel something. Hot take. Will, music makes me feel something. I will I will hit home on, on you just saying uh, that's why I love music. And I've told Jake, I told Jake this. I said that you're like a walking encyclopedia just from uh, the few times you've come or we've been at trivia, I feel like anytime a music question gets asked, it's like everyone just turns to you expecting you to either have an answer or a pretty good educated guess. And you'll kind of like curate like, okay, 1983. Well, let's think like the top artist was so-and-so. And like, even if you have no clue who it is, it always like, it sounds right. Well, that's funny. You mentioned that my dad and I used to play this game. This is like how we used to bond when we were younger. When we were in the car, <laughs> he would listen to 80s, radio stations and, and then I used not to cover up, to me i used to cover up the screen on the radio and i'd be like dad like what year did this come out and he would think and he'd be like 1983 this album and then i would look and i would tell him and so we had this game and then he would play it back and that's kind of how we bonded on road trips and stuff it was just like that weird encyclopedic knowledge of music and then it just kind of became a thing for me and then i think i just internalized it and now i just have a general idea of all music ever so hey dad what's uh what's a vagina uh no it's nothing son so name this song what what year was this from <laughs> now, now the talking heads were really revolutionary for music <laughs> my it's jake it's funny you mentioned the talking heads because harry my dad my dad would do the same shit where it's like he'd quiz us like oh who what what band is this knowing that like we wouldn't know but then eventually he'd ask the same you know ask that about certain songs that obviously he liked enough that then i'd pick up on like oh yes this is the cars and i know like every time he like talking heads for example he'll always say like yeah their first album didn't get really didn't really get much love they were kind of ahead of their time and then five years later i remember walking through the college campus and someone had a boombox on there like i've heard all these stories a thousand times but <sighs> yeah <clears throat> music mood History, dads, sick. Becoming the man at trivia. <laughs> hey, hey. You, yeah, you alone are responsible for a bunch of $25 gift cards to the local. That you can't redeem. On <laughs> the <sides>. night of. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. All right, so shall we just get like right into this care for me? This shall we talk about care Saba? for me? I think we shall. Because Jake, Jake has talked about Saba, decent Saba, I'm saying that right? Yes. Saba, yeah. Saba. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to... You know, obviously not like not be involved in this conversation, but it is an album that I talked about on the podcast before, but I was happy when Harry said that this was the one that he wanted to do because I did such a deep dive on the album. It was kind of funny. Like I had this whole notes app, like section of just every track I went into it and we realized like we do not have the time to really go into this, but now we can and now we can all talk about it too and I can get Dylan's thoughts on it as well, so... Yeah, as a first-time listener. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to see where it goes. So maybe we can... Harry, you've talked about the album a little bit already. And you like the like overall like themes of it, like with depression and finding yourself. I think, I think that's like... I think that hits the nail on the head pretty well. Like, I think he's with the album. He's talking about like needing help. And depression is something that he keeps battling and dealing with. Um, but that he's also struggling to deal with this like new, like quasi fame that he has from obviously from like bucket list project, like being like fairly successful and he like toured with it and 
and then him coming back to his old life, but still like facing the same problems. So it's not like things have like really changed, but they have. So I wanted to know, like, so what do you, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah. So this is my first time listening to, I mean, well, any of his projects entirely. I think I've checked out like singular songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but listening to it all definitely fits that, you know, kind of sad boy. I don't, I don't know why, like that's, that's kind of, that's the mood that it like definitely sets. And I wasn't, you know, I'm I'm not a huge Saba fan or like, I don't have a whole lot of history with him. So it's like, it's one of those where I was listening and I didn't feel like I was as engaged of a listener as I, you know, as you guys obviously are, if you listen to him a ton and like kind of have, have a general understanding of, you know, who he is as a person and things like that. But the, my biggest like takeaways were I kind of got some, the, the comparison, my like player comp would be kind of like a mix between Chance and Isaiah Rashad, which, I mean, depending on who you are, I'd say that's like a pretty solid blend and like a reason to check it out. But I mean, not to, music is subjective and everyone has their own opinion, but just from like one time listening, I would say I wasn't like super, super into it, but that's kind of, like I said about like Isaiah Rashad, I'm someone who's, I like Isaiah. I like most of his stuff, but I know that like some people are going to listen to his last album, right? The house is burning and be like, sometimes he's just like kind of sounds lazy and meh and just kind of like, walk it like a dog, walk it like a dog. Like he just kind of like sounds half asleep on some of the songs. And so that was one of those where, I don't know, you guys can like fight me on this one. Like, yeah, make, no, me, I completely, make me care for me. I completely agree with you, Dylan, in the sense that I know when people recommend me things, it usually, usually I'm not going to feel the same. <laughs> like, usually I'm not. And that's okay. And, especially when someone's think like, about think about what you said. It's like, you really like this because of you happen to be in Buenos Aires and like you have these positive memories associated with it and everything else. Like, it's kind of something that you've stumbled upon on your own. Yeah. And like it has its own significance to you. And that's how I am with most things that I really like. I can like picture a specific place in time where I was going to my day to day routine and how like that album fit into it. So then to almost listen to this is like maybe it's slightly unfair to listen to this is almost like homework or like, you know, just mixing it into my day to day this past week and like checking it out. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like you said, it's just framing it. It's perspective. It's actually funny. I was watching the Grammys with some of my roommates. We caught the end of it, and John. You watch the Grammys. We get it. Yeah. You like music. John Baptiste, who won Album of the Year during his acceptance speech, I thought it was pretty. Like, He's like, listen to Saba. Care for me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But what John Baptiste, John Baptiste said was, every album has a radar, and it tends to find exactly who needs it at that time. And yeah. like, that's who I want to be for someone, basically, is what he was saying. I thought it was cool. I think it was like a cool insight from someone who obviously appreciates music has just one album of the year. I like that quote. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what this album was for me. It had its own little radar, and it found me at the exact right time and right place for me to, like, love it that much. And it's funny that you mentioned that, Dylan, as well. Like, doing a re-listen this past week, I was like, all right, some of these songs are a little preachy, a little campy. But, like, like when I was listening to them at the time, I was like, oh, this is and there's there was only like one song in there that I really like didn't like. Otherwise, I was pretty either like lukewarm or like, the song Life I liked. Um, I know I, I, I jotted them down. I put a plus sign next to that one. Um, but like the one, <laughs> the the one that's like seven minutes long, Prom slash King, 
and it's like very like storytellery and like it kind of reminded me of um what's the j cole like like in class getting a boner whatever that song was yeah i don't know why that's what it really reminded me of and i was like i enjoyed that when i was like a freshman in high school and i was like yeah i don't want to stand up when i have a boner and i hope my teacher doesn't call me but otherwise my my ability to relate to prom slash king was (laughs) not there dylan heard poetry and he thought about boners (laughs) (laughs) i i think the point of that whole song was just to really you know like illustrate who he was like growing up like he was really fixated on like he couldn't get a date and like i think he was talking about like his friend like asked out the girl he wanted to talk to and then builds this relationship up with his cousin walter to then branch out into you know the different like paths they go down in music and they're both trying to make it in music and walter's you know, still stuck in, like, the the gang life back in uh, Chicago. Just that, like, comparison, because I think it also then draws back into, like, this life that he's still, I don't know about involved with, but it's still, like, this old life that's still very much a part of his life, whether he tries to, what no matter what happens to him. So he's, you know, starting to become more successful in the music world, like, going out to L.A., but then he's still very much reminded of, like, oh, yeah, his... uh his cousin Walter ends up getting killed, you know, because he's, he's still in this world. So, um, kind of ignorant of you to say that Dylan, not going to (laughs) lie. I know, as you can see me sitting here with my, my, just, I've got my hands on top of one another, um, uh, one another on top of my uh, thigh and I'm just nodding my head into the camera. Oh, very concerned look on my face. (laughs) Yeah, Dylan, it's funny you brought up life because I didn't even like, I, I reviewed like every song except Life and Fighter. Because I remember, like, the first list I even had from it, I was like, all right, I do not like these songs. For some reason. Really? I, really? So, so life, know, life has, like, right away, like, the little beat. It's got something kind of... Yeah, um, it has the, the like cello. It has, like, the cello ticking at the start. Yeah, like, the metric and the cello. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, I can't. I just can't listen to it. That's interesting. I was listening on SoundCloud, right? I've got I pulled up the album on SoundCloud. And I'm looking at the track list and of course, like right when I hear that song, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, Oh, I kind of like the, just the start of this. And then I look and I see, I had like a little bit of uh, uh what would the bias be? Uh, I'm looking and then I see bias. that it happens to have the most plays. Yeah. Confirmation. Yeah. Fuck, fuck me. Confirmation bias. I see that it has like the most plays and it's probably the most popular song on the album according to the masses. And I'm like, I'm a simple man. I, I like what the people like. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely is the most popular song in the album. I mean, I think it's still one of his most popular songs, like, today. Cause, yeah, because even when I pulled it up, like, when I pulled up the album just here, like, on Google, one of the things, when you look at the track list, it'll just show, like, the album, or then it'll pop up with the music video. Uh-huh. And that one has a music video, usually a telling sign that it's a popular song. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but I've also come to realize that, I mean, I'm thinking about, like, Joey and... <clears throat> Joey, Flapper Zombies, like, some of these artists that I really like, they'll some of the songs that they'll make a a uh, music video for is like some of the songs that I passionately despise because I feel like they're like kind of sellout tracks and like things that you can tell like, mm-hmm. like Vacation in Hell, like the actual song by Flatbush Zombies. They make that. It's got Joey on it. Vacation. Yeah, and like, I don't know. It's one of my least favorite songs by them, but <laughs> and, and they like kind of admit to like trying to sell out and like just have like one hit record. Yeah. Like sound like poppy and whatever. 
Flap with zombies just catching stray bullets right now from building <laughs> on this. <laughs> just, yeah, talking about re re listening to it though, like I feel like because I I also listened to this like when it came out in 2018, um, and I feel like. As I re-listened to it, whether it was the time before we talked about it on the podcast and now for this, like I, I appreciated the album more um, just in the sense of like his writing and the lyrics and stuff like that. And like the overall like, you know, picture he's trying to paint with this and stories trying to tell. But yeah, um, that's it's it's really interesting to hear like the which tracks are getting the love and which tracks aren't so much from you guys. Yeah, I mean, I will say when I re-listened to this, I remember going going off what you said, Jake, about the writing. I read like the lyrics to track eight, Gray, and just like mm-hmm. that whole song, that writing is just insane. Like him just talking about like the selling I love that out. Song. Yeah, yeah, selling out and just how just insane the music industry is, especially in hip hop. Mm-hmm. And he highlights it. I think one of the, the lines he had his commentary on hip-hop he, he goes first they wanted hip-hop then they want a gorilla then they want a drug dealer then they want a dancer and now they want a drug addict and he's just like going through like the phases and basically painting a picture like the culture culture is not in control <laughs> of itself and that mm-hmm. it's there's an overarching just theme going on like maybe we aren't in full control you know yeah, I actually, I, or I, I also, noticing trends throughout. Yeah, I also wrote down a line from that song, and I think it's, I think it's pretty much the hook. But it's that um, the best song is probably on the B side. Uh, Don't be surprised when the label denies the whole thing. So exactly what you were saying, like I think he's really talking about like the like creative and like artistic integrity, like with making the music that he wants to versus the music that the label is willing to support him putting out. So those like like songs like Life, which like is clearly it's a much more like, you know, hard hitting beat, much more, you know, it's just like the hook itself is just a lot more fun because it just kind of like the his um his flow on it is, is you know, it's like da 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 da. It's like it's very anthemic. You can shout it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this I, I love this song, too, just because of. It's he's just talking about how hard it is to make the music that you really want to, whether or not like you can or not, just because because, you know, if you got to you got to try to make money, too, unless you're purely doing it for just like for just the artistic discovery and shit like that. I'll, I'll second that. Once you guys mentioned that song, Gray, that's one that's like right away popped into my head. Like I could just remember the actual uh, hook to it. Like it just started playing in my head. So like the fact that it sticks with me after just one listen through is a positive sign mm-hmm. in my book, in my yeah. book personally. <clears throat> Some other stuff that I wrote down, I actually wrote down more lines. I didn't realize it, but it's talking about the demo isn't what got you the limo. Um, single isn't that honest, but it'll make you the hottest. So it's just exactly that of like, you know what? Like, you know, if you want to make that like the big money, you're going to have to pander a little bit. I think this song would probably be my my song to show someone of this album with just like a little trailer for it in a sense where this whole album has a social commentary this overarching social commentary kind of cutting against the grain of the album and i don't think a lot of projects do that or do it in a way that it's poetic and it's not too preachy 
And I think he, he balances it really well throughout the whole album of bringing out these themes, you know? I mean, you got Broken Girls just talking about how shitty modern love is. <laughs> and, and, like, Broken Girls is the classic, like, frat guy listens to it after a party. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Fuck. Yeah. Or then you got songs uh, like Log Out just talking about the idea that social media is just... Toxic. Controlling everything. And then Gray obviously talking about the hypocrisy in, in music and how you're going to sell out to make it, but you don't. Then you sell mm-hmm. out, you know? Uh, so I think that that's another thing why I love this album so much. It's just all of the commentary that he has. And it's, it's very yeah. poetic. I think, too, like what you said about this being a good song to show people, like I really agree with that because one it talks like it's it's a more like deep song in the sense that he's really like expressing like himself and being just a bit i don't know if vulnerable is the right word but he kind of is in a sense just very honest and also the like there's that like jazz break in the song where it has like the really fun like like piano riff and if i'm remembering correctly but i think like that's one of the reasons why i like sav so much is because it's hip hop that's more so like it's it's very musical too you know it's it's not just like the 808s and trap beats it's he really incorporates like jazz elements into yeah. it too yeah so i actually looked up a little wiki on sabbath before this a little wiki wiki well wiki wiki apparently he started playing piano at age seven so that piano was him oh no way yeah yeah so he's actually like a savant at piano Holy that shit. heavily influences his music he actually went to music school in chicago and it kind of has that like Earl Sweatshirt's the same way. His mom was like a poet and I think a war like award winning author. So he has that that similar influence of just having this insane background and it just makes his music have that much more depth, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And his dad actually as well was an R and B singer. Yeah. Chandler. Yeah. So yeah, he Champ? comes from Champ? Chandler. Chandler. This is dad's yeah. his dad's name. Apparently that played a heavy influence on him as well. Yeah, so he kind of well, grew up. He has. I forget what I'm forgetting what song it is, but he's talking about um. There's that line where he talks about his grandpa not um supporting his. I think it's fighter. Yeah, his grandpa doesn't want him to be rapping, and he talks about his grandpa saying like, "I already went through this with your dad. You know, like I don't want to. I don't want to go through this with you again." So that's cool. I had no idea that he had that background though. That it does make it a lot more interesting to me and it kind of makes sense you know when he people that have that really distinct sound like it makes sense when it's he has his own like musical identity so then he doesn't need to like rely on other people to make it for him yeah i mean that's i mean all the instrumentals throughout this whole album are just very musical and that's probably why i'm drawn to it as well like i have a musical background as well i used to play in the school band alto saxophone so i'm a sucker for actual music i love jazz i'm a sucker for saxophone i love the alto saxophone (laughs) playing 25 or 64 and i don't know dylan i don't know you you said you weren't familiar with saba before listening to this do you remember any of his songs on like acid rap or anything like that his features no, and I I never really was a huge like Chance the Rapper guy, and then just coincidentally, like a few songs in, uh, I kind of thought like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Chance, and then sure enough, I see Chance has a feature, mm-hmm. and so I was like, damn, that's not that that original of like a thought, considering, you know, someone's probably just gonna assume that's like 
guilty by association like me just thinking oh i see chance the rapper he's on a song the friends therefore they <laughs> kind of sound the same but now i'm looking right now at his wikipedia page and then seeing uh like some of his his associated acts and seeing chance mcjenkins like that doesn't really surprise me like i kind of hear that uh i'm not a huge mcjenkins fan but some of the stuff that i've heard by him sounds kind of similar and then and then now i'm seeing smino which i know jake loves smino and then jid jid is somehow on there but smino because so harry how did you come how did you find this album i mean i know you were in Buenos Aires, Buenos Aires, but, oh, oh, oh Pitchfork, idiot. I was about Jake, to say, you. dude, Sorry. holy shit, you gotta be better than that, man. But Jake, what about, for you, like, how did you come across Shaba? Um, I had already listened to him a little bit before this album came out. Um, I had heard some songs off of Bucket List Project, which was his first, like, full-length album. The song Symmetry was the first song of his I ever heard, and so I was just... I was just aware of him enough to know that when he was putting a, a new album out that I would definitely want to listen to it. How would you guys say, because he put out, he just had an album that came out recently. I remember Jake reviewed it or talked about it before in an episode. How would you guys say he's evolved from, you know, care for me to whatever this most recent project was like, what it's like a three, it's like a what three or four year span. All right. A few good things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, I haven't listened to, a whole lot of his new album. I've heard his like singles that have come out after. Um, I mean, Why you call yourself a sound- fan? <laughs> Haven't listened to his new album, but you love this one enough to come on and talk about it on. The yeah, pod. I mean, I, I would say probably going back to the beginning when I was introducing myself, I probably should have prefaced as well with music. I'm a big fan of projects and albums. I don't really get attached. as a whole. Yeah, I don't really get attached to the artist. <laughs> I really, I really should have mentioned this off the top. Um, I'm a really fake fan. Um, I just yeah, follow exactly. trends. But I don't know. I think there are certain albums that just stick out to me, and I just, I just go back to them and listen to them as a project. I mean, it's just like anything, like a movie or a novel. Sometimes they just get it right that one time, and it's just awesome, mm-hmm. super awesome. And then you go back and listen to it, and you're like that is insane. Like they do it sometimes. It's on accident. Like George Clanton again, his slide album completely by accident just made a masterpiece <laughs> but yeah this album i did i just loved it and I, there, some of his earlier tracks too photo th- photosynthesis i think it's called i can't pronounce that photosynthesis uh, <laughs> you're gonna hear my list <laughs> uh, yeah photosynthesis uh, i really like that song buenos aires argentina but yeah uh, honestly didn't listen to much before not much after it's just like this mm-hmm. project I'm like, this is awesome mm-hmm. What would you guys say? So like someone that's out there listening that has never listened to this, what would be the ideal setting? Mm. Like, like, is that we've talked about, I mean, I, Harry, what you said earlier about right place, right time, what you're doing and like how, like, you know, your mood listening to things I think is important (laughs) and like your overall, uh, like the outcome of like what you think of whatever it is that you're consuming and the music you're consuming. And so, I mean, I know I've talked about, how I associate certain albums with like a drive. I vividly remember driving through New Mexico, listening to like saturation one, two, and three. Um, <clears throat> but with this album, what, what would you say is like the ideal mood or setting or place to be? Like, um, I mean, I definitely would say biking through Buenos Aires. Yes. 
Uh, that would be ideal. You should fly to Buenos Aires and then get on a bike and listen to it. That'd be ideal. But ideal state of mind, like a shitty day at work, commute home, maybe just throw it on. Or just in that... I feel like sometimes I get in these modes where I just like, need to listen to something that's sad when I'm sure. sad. It's funny that you say shitty day at work because like, that's how I got into like more into Mac DeMarco because I would just like, I would start my day off at the Padres just like responding to emails. I was just like, fuck this. And I just pull up, you know, just uh, like this old dog or like random sad Mac DeMarco songs as I'm just cranking out emails and just like, fuck another day <laughs> doing this before hitting the lines. Something like that. I mean, I remember when I was biking, just being sad and like Greg would come on and at the end of Greg, he goes, everything is great. Everything is great. And I'm just pedal faster. faster. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is great. Yes, it is. Life's pointless. Como se llama? I think, I think it'd be very good if you're in a very like contemplative, like retrospective, like looking back on shit kind of mood. Um, weirdly enough, I really enjoyed working out to this album. I I listened to it the first time when I did this like deep dive and wrote all these notes on it. I just did it like over the course of like getting to the gym, stretching, and then just like lifting. I really enjoyed it. I don't know because I don't I don't always need like a very like you know like heavy metal or like trap album. Like sometimes I like doing just chill shit and. So yeah, is there like if, a particular yeah. song that got your pump going? Is there... mm. Fighter, um. <laughs> <laughs> life. I think life is a good song for that. You know, um, don't tell Harry that. Mm-mm. Nope, doesn't like that. that. <laughs> She'll not listen to that song every time it comes on. Mm-mm. What about like this? I like Calligraphy a lot yet. too. That's like my favorite song. Hmm? Busy and Sirens. Busy slash Sirens. The first track. I would agree with that I like I like the tone shift in it too, like part of the way through. Yeah, that one, the the tone shift reminds me of Blonde a lot. Like, the, the whole soundscape of that first song and just that tone shift reminds me a lot of a couple of tracks from Blonde, just how it just goes insane. <laughs> like, just total mood change, just insane. And you sometimes I look forward to, like, certain parts of a song more than the other. It's kind of like Drake and Future's song. I feel like there's two types of people. The people like like the Drake part and another person that likes the future part. What's that song? What is it? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's coding the crazy. What no, it's the one where they're talking about like, sub. they're talking about working. It's like life is good or some shit like that. Oh, life is good. That's it. Yeah. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt with, with that song. Sometimes I really like the first part and then I'm like, holy shit, that second part goes off. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Are, are you a Drake guy or a future guy in that song? Are you more of a future guy? Sound off in the comments. Are you guys Drake? <laughs> I, feel, I think I'm naturally just going to be more team future just because I have a general disdain for Drake. Because I'm like just a little old head. Oh, yeah, because Drake is, I mean, because future is such an old head sound. But yeah, I know, but <laughs> of the two, I think, I think it's all right. It's just my general disdain for Drake and then therefore, like, not that future can do no wrong, but between the two. Yeah. And plus, you know, Russell Wilson and Sierra and, you know. I'm just giving you shit. Okay. Um, I guess next question I have for you guys, I'll pose you a question. I'll pose the host's right. question. Whoa. So, track list. How would you rank your favorite tracks? Let's just get back on track here. I've got, so here's, here's the plus marks that I 
I have, I've got life. <laughs> so I'm going to say that's number one smile two. I remember enjoying that. I guess I'll go gray after that heaven all around me. I think I, I knew it was the last song and I remember uh, Jake having talked about it before, like just right when I saw the song name and everything, I was like, that sounds so, so familiar. And then busy sirens. I did enjoy that to start. Uh, everything after that hmm, hmm, hmm. we'll go prom slash king at the very very end wow it doesn't, help that, doesn't help that it's like seven minutes and 50 something seconds long and just the amount of storytelling i just kind of like tuned out but i don't know you guys are the ones that are real fans of the album and have consumed it probably a hundred times front and back um this is really hard i'm always so bad at like ranking things like in order power rank <laughs> um life gotta be up there for me wow interesting because that's not harry's calligraphy i really like fighter i do enjoy prom king a lot um heaven all around me is it has to be up there in terms of like the song is just i really like the message i know that there's 10 10 tracks total on this so for me prom slash king is number 10 and then life number one Damn, Walter's rolling in his grave right now. <laughs> Too soon? Sorry. Sorry, Walter. Yeah, I don't know. I know that wasn't much of a ranking, but I just I, I just really like this album. You know, it's it's hard for me to not just say I like all the songs. This this is an album for me that there's not a single song I don't like on it. Um and it's not even oh. that there's it's not even that there's songs where I'm just like, okay, this is good enough. Like I just genuinely enjoy this this album through and through. Yeah, um, I wish I could agree with the fighter <laughs> and like, dude, I just, no, I, I enjoy, I enjoyed those songs when I first listened to them. Yeah, but for my list, I had Smile number one, actually, I really enjoy that song. That's a song that comes on in, the, in my car, and I'm like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll listen to the rest of this. And I think when I heard that, I was like, I've definitely heard this song before, either in someone's car or, Harry, maybe you threw it on. Yeah, that one's just it, like last it, week. It's just really fun and just kind of like a fun little. little it's a great part. song. Smile. Yeah, and then Gray would be number two. Busy Sirens number three. Heaven All Around Me number four. Broken Girls I really like. Logouts good, and then everything after that is just some of the songs I just don't listen to as much. But uh, but yeah, dude. I mean, I, I agree with you, Jake. I think all in all, as an album, it's really not a bad listen. I'm gonna add. Before I forget, so Harry, you found this on Pitchfork, and then I talked earlier about watching the Fantano video. His like original review for this, he gave it a meh out of 10, and just like felt like it was kind of underachieving or something along those lines. And then the other video that popped up right after that was a video in which it was him talking about like his worst album reviews, or, like one of those Let's Argue videos. And people people had tweeted at him, hey, you were wrong about this, 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 this. And so someone had said, like, you were wrong about care for me. And he was like, no, I still kind of stand by what I say. But the <laughs> fact that the fact that somebody went out of their way to, like, have, I mean, obviously people disagree. You guys would disagree a ton with him in that it's, you know, I mean, give it a meh out of 10 as opposed to just giving it, like, a number, you know, 6 out of 10 or whatever. He was just, like, so vanilla out by it. I think Fantano suffers from just sensory overload all the time. He sure. listens to so much music that he has 
he's so bipartisan with his views that he has just no room for moderate <laughs> music. Well, and keep in mind, like that's that's the other thing is, he, I think he acknowledges that that most people just come to see the number. Like they come, they fast forward to the end just to see like, did he give it eight out of ten, nine out of ten? And so then like even um you know putting mad of ten is gonna like make. Like people, people go to either like argue with them or to then just get that confirmation bias. Like, yes, very, very good. Thank you for acknowledging that I also like this. So tactically, I mean, the other thing I'd add is that I think he mentioned like having high expectations and like knowing that Saba had like come onto the scene and whatever else. So um, I think that's maybe that's something that I'm kind of suffering with as well, where, I mean, you guys both speak so highly that maybe I just had like super high expectations that like it never was going to live up to in a sense and and then factor in i mean factor in like i was saying not knowing you know him as an artist like learning more from this just looking at his wikipedia and listening to you guys like i'll have mm-hmm. to give it another listen just to see if that has any like impact on me now having a little bit more uh, of a peek behind the curtain i i was really interested to hear what your thoughts are going to be on this dylan because i know that it's not necessarily the kind of stuff you listen to normally when it comes to rap like you 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 have like a different like style of shit that you listen to kind of more like east coast stuff in a way yeah so not too and then i listen yeah and then inexplicably i enjoy like griselda and guys that are just rapping about like blowing people's brains out and (laughs) like i can't explain that i can't relate to it at all but i'm like i like the sample (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean it probably doesn't help as well that you have like the echo chamber of jake and i just <laughs> yes, so good just like, yes, <laughs> better yes so it doesn't help you have me. to like this let's go closing remarks closing remarks things that you'd say obviously listen for yourself whoever's out there listening to this if you want to check it out check it out jake and i would i would recommend checking it out just to like see what you think i mean Saba is highly regarded. There's no doubt about it. And I'm willing to listen more and check out more of his stuff, especially if Jake sends it my way. So you guys can make another case, another pitch. I would say if you got an hour of time and you don't want to listen to a podcast, (laughs) you can either passively listen to this and the beats sound good. It's it's almost like lo-fi hip hop. So you can concentrate concentrate on work or read a book or whatever you like to do when you listen to those types of things. Or you can actively listen to it and listen to the lyrics. Maybe look up the lyrics and really get into the writing if you want to. You can go either way. And I think this is one of those albums that's pretty rare that you can do both. So give it a listen. Very true. I really, I really like that take, Harry. Like, I, I do really agree with that. Like, it really is an easy listening thing you could put on. And, like, I actually, I really enjoyed um, now that Spotify has that new um, feature where they play all the lyrics as the song is playing like i really liked just like going through everything because it helped me like you know take a deeper deeper look into you know what he was saying um yeah like i said before i really enjoy this album um if you're if you're looking for something new to get into like he has a pretty unique sound so you know you you do have three albums of his to check out and some really good singles um i think just another um, single of his that I think is worth checking out as I stall while I double check what it's called. I, th- I think it's called Where Ideas Sing. Yeah. It's a single he put out in 2017 with uh, Daoud. I believe is how you say it. D-A-O-U-D. Yeah. I think check out that as well because he's uh, that's a really good song of his. It's a little more like 
upbeat fun. Swag. Swag, swag, swag. Okay. Do you have closing Let's, thoughts, Dylan? Oh, my, my clo- closing thoughts are that you should check it out. Like, see what you think, and I will... <laughs> like, I will echo what Harry said in regards to... It's very chill. Like, when he mentioned, like, you literally read while listening to this and just kind of have it on in the background as, like, kind of just this, like, lo-fi beat. Because originally when I first tried listening to it, I was in the gym and didn't have headphones and I had fans going and like, I couldn't hear it. Like couldn't hear it very clearly on my phone. And, but just like what I was hearing, I was like, Oh, I don't know that I would necessarily like want to, I know Jake, you had mentioned like lifting to it and actually enjoying it. But I was like, Oh, okay. I already know like from off the bat that it's probably not something that I would like want to like hype me up. But then just like, as I was driving home earlier today, listening to it and the sun was going down, I will admit it was like, enjoyable to listen to and like vibesy i don't know how 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 often i'm gonna like go go back to this but a solid a solid like if i had to give it a score if if everything just comes down to numbers we'll go we'll go um hmm, hmm, hmm. i don't want to do like the generic out of 10 we joked jake you and i joked about doing like like tears ranking of like adjectives (laughs) To describe music, like it slaps, it's banging, it's this, it's that. Yeah, let me let me pull that up really quick. Because just give me, throw me something out from like the middle of the list, like the the top. If there was like, if if there coincidentally were ten ten different adjectives to describe it from like a top to bottom, give me something in like the mid to above tier. So for the good stuff, we have bangs, slaps. Bumps, goes hard, groovy, tight, the shit. For bad, we have weak, trash, shit, it, mid, whack, bogus, ass. I'd go like above mid, between mid and groovy, like somewhere in that, like vibesy. I would, I would give it a groovy. I'd give it a groovy. Vibesy, groovy. <laughs> I think groovy is a really good way to do it. It's a solid rating right That's there. That. <laughs> That's that. All right. Well, thank skip. you so much for coming. Huh? I was going to say, people were just going to like skip to the very end just to get that rating right there. Like they <laughs> see 54 mean, minutes. I, Fuck that. I, I, I <laughs> 52 it. minutes in. Thanks for coming on, Harry. We really appreciate it being our like our little guinea pig with this thing. But I think it went really well. I'm, I'm really yeah, happy dude. with that. It was a nice it was a nice talk. Thanks for starting us off with such a good album. Mm-hmm. yeah dude i mean thanks for having me on i was excited to talk about this i think my favorite part about this album now is the fact that we both have an affinity for it and it's so niche when i found out you really like this album i got really excited about it and i was like yes <laughs> and i like just met you when i found that out so You're like let me tell you about my time in buenos aires literally <laughs> so i think on a sappy note, I think my favorite thing about this album is that you like this album, Jake. Oh, huh. I didn't. I didn't know that we we talked about it back when we first met. But that's hell yeah. I think Tommy mentioned it. Like I remember, like bringing it up. He's like, "Oh, when I first met Tommy, of course he had to bring up music. He also needs to be on this yeah pod. Yeah, he, he will be for sure. Yeah. So I think Tommy heard that I like Saba, and he was like, "Oh, dude, you have to meet Jake. Jake loves this stuff. I, like, <laughs> I do have to meet Jake." This kid is dying. And then we got a sandwich. And then we got a sandwich. All right, Harry, closing remarks. Take a guess. Say Tommy is the next next person on, and we give him just like chance to talk about one album, one album only. What do you think Tommy would then choose from your knowledge? 
Ooh, that's tough. Tommy's all over the place. Oh, it could either be like Led Zeppelin, like super classic, or <laughs> Jake's like frowny face. <laughs> or it like could Led be Zeppelin. maybe Carsey Dagrest. Bony Fair. Or. But he also has like a. Modest Mouse. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good one. Modest Mouse. <laughs> might be Modest Mouse. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Modest Mouse. Walking it in. All right. Well, I'll do my shameless plug. Please like, subscribe, leave a review. All that would be awesome. Help generate traffic, get more people listening to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed having a, a guest on, a music savant, Harry. Let us know if you want to come on. Send us an email at slipyourhandmybackpocket at gmail.com. We'd love to line up some more guests to have on. I don't know if everyone can be as amazing and wonderful as Harry, but we sure as hell can try. We only have so many friends that like to talk music. <laughs> Eventually we'll run out. We'll just need one of our random listeners from Germany to like put us on some good German music. Some good polka. You like jazz? <laughs> you like jazz? All right. Let's stop recording. Love you. Goodbye.